0: for the last number of months, um, you've gotten used to turning to the Gospel of Mark. This morning we're taking a week off from that um, and turning to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. A lot's been going on this week in our world. And I want to read a passage this morning and and, uh, give it some consideration and then Spend some time praying together about these things because if you haven't noticed, um, there are some crazy things going on in the world right now. And um, it doesn't surprise us, um, particularly in light of God's Word, which tells us that we are living right now in the birth pains prior to the day of the Lord, where many, many things are going to happen. Um, in particular um, in relation to Israel, but Genesis chapter twelve um, gives us a picture of the beginning of Israel before the before the word Israel had been coined before Jacob's name had been changed to Israel before Jacob was born, before his father was born, this is a part of the story of Israel's grandfather and so Genesis chapter twelve Verse 1, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left, as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. The Canaanites were then in the land, but the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on his west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And aren't you glad this morning to see yourselves again, to see us again represented in the very word of God as he mentions all the peoples of the earth. Thousands of years after this prophecy was made, after this promise was made, this is a a promise slash prophecy, Abram was still just Abram. He wasn't even Abraham yet. And aren't we glad that after Jesus said this to him, after the, the Lord said this to him, he left and he went. And he looked at the land. He he didn't get to possess it yet. In fact, he was never going to really possess it. He was he was going to remain nomadic. But the promise was that that land was going to be his. It was going to be a part of his family, which was going to become a great nation. And that has happened to a degree. The greatness of the nation of israel hasn't hasn't reached its fullest height yet even even in the in its most amazing um, heights of glory under the uh, under the leadership of king solomon david's son and that was when it would be considered to have have reached its its heights up to this point there's coming a day when it's going to reach even greater heights when all the world is going to be governed by somebody sitting on a throne in Jerusalem. None other than the Lord Jesus himself. That day's coming hasn't come yet. It's on its way, and there's still a lot of things that are going to happen before that does take place. But one of the things that's going to happen is that we're going to go through a period of time which has been going on now for almost 2,000 years where the Lord says that we're going to be living in this era of birth pains. We talked about that a few weeks ago from Mark chapter 13. And when we were talking about it a few weeks ago, we didn't know that Hamas out of Gaza City was going to send missiles into Israel to make the birth pains even a little bit more intense. Now for some of us it hasn't been that intense cuz we're a long way from there and we're not that closely related to any anybody over there, don't know anybody over there, never been there, all those kind of things and it it hasn't really impacted us that much. Others, and some of you have have friends that fit this category, maybe some of you are are this category, others you have lots of friends and relatives there. And you may be Jewish yourself. And your heart is breaking to see one more time where your people are being attacked and hated just for being your people. Again, those of us who aren't Jewish, we don't think about that that much. In fact, we we think about it so little that we don't even think about some of the things that we say from time to time which kind of join in on all that kind of stuff on on not liking the jews repeating stereotypes and in things that, that have come into our own our own cultural um you know language and, and and ways of speaking you know you you hear you'll hear people say uh say things like in, in talking about financial negotiations and stuff like that, people say, "Oh, well, I jewed them down." And then people laugh and they and they and they think it's hilarious. but you know every time a Jewish person hears that, they're just like, Ugh. they they look at us different. They think of us differently, and they're against us. And now their history, As you look through the Word of God and then beyond, their history has lots of examples of it. And this is another example of it that's happening right now. And so, what do we do as believers in Christ who look at this promise that God gave to Abram and realize that in our lives, this promise has has been fulfilled? He has blessed us through Abram's descendants, especially through his primary, ultimate descendant, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the the real Son of Abraham in that sense. As he's the Son of God, he's also the Son of Abraham. And he came into this world with the power of the Son of God as a human being in the form of a servant of Jewish genealogy through Abram, later becoming Abraham. And through all of the line of Judah, Jesus came into into this world. And through him, those of us who have put our trust in him, we are considered the children of God Just as Abram was, who was a child of God through his faith in God. He began to show his faith immediately upon receiving this command and promise from God. God told him, go to a land. I'm going to show it to you. And he he indicated which direction he wanted him to go because he headed out for the land of Canaan. That's where God told him, go. He said, just go. Now remember the word says here that Abram and his nephew Lot and Abram's wife Sarah that they had done well in Iran. They they had some stuff. They had some they had some animals, they had some people. They were they were doing quite well. They took all that and they just started walking. That's an that's an example for us. As Abraham is considered to be the father of the Jewish faith. And through Jesus, what he says in the Gospel of John, he's really the father of faith in general, our faith as well. We looked at what Abram did that that day as he set out for Canaan. And, And again, to think about what this means, walking hundreds of miles, hundreds of miles, now, they, they were set up for it. They were, they were used to camping out. As nomadic people, they, they had all the gear. You know, this was before Columbia came in and, and North Face and all that, but they had the gear. And their tents were real tents, you know. They, they didn't sleep on the floor. They slept on nice carpets, you know, and they, they had it set up. But, I mean, this was an ordeal, Every time they moved on, they moved they had, to, they had to work before they could set out, and they went and they went and they went, and they went, and finally they got there and they looked. And God said, "This place, I'm going to give to your offspring." Abram, Abram wasn't to, going to get to see it, at least from this perspective. He's among those looking down upon us, according to Hebrews chapter 12, the great cloud of witnesses. But he knows what's happened. And that nation that started on this day, when Abram obeyed God, because remember what, what we find out later, what Moses tells us later, in Genesis chapter 15, Abram believed God, and God credited it to him as righteousness. That's where we begin to see this whole concept of God making us the righteousness of God through faith in Christ. And Abram was the beginning of that. Well, since that day, on and off, not always, but regularly, people have been against Abram than Abraham. And his descendants. For one reason that people were against them, is sometimes they were jerks. Sometimes they were very vile, jerk people. And we read about their story in the scripture. Sometimes that's why people hated them, other times people hated them because they said they were the children of God. How arrogant for anybody to say that. Some people think of us here this morning as being arrogant when we sing songs about God being our God, about us being his people. People don't like to hear that. And people didn't like to hear that these people thought they were something special. Because when you read the story of Israel, they were nothing special. And God himself says that. He tells them, I didn't choose you because there was something special about you. I chose you because I wanted to choose you, and I decided to make something out of something that was nothing. And not only did he make something out of them, he brought from them our Savior. He brought from them the Word of God. He brought from them the stories of, that help us understand how to live for God and how not to. In First Corinthians chapter ten, the Apostle Paul says that we have these we have the Old Testament scriptures for one reason to show us what not to do. To show us not to rebel against God as the stiff necked people of God did. They're not perfect. And that's and, and, and the fact that they're not perfect. Is, is, is an example of God's grace, that he would use a nation like that, a real a nation made of real people, some believers, some not. There were times you know, in, in the prophet Elijah's time, he got so discouraged, he went, went off in depression, and God said, what's wrong? He said, I'm the only one left. Guess no, you're not. There's 7,000 more, but only 7,000 out of a whole nation. So there there were times when when it was looking very bleak, but that didn't stop God from continuing to use them, continue to bless them. And then, as he warned them through Moses, if they rebelled against him, he was going to punish them, and he did with two tremendous judgments. First, on the northern kingdom, after the kingdoms were divided. On the northern kingdom of Israel, he had them dispersed, and they never came back until 1948, some of them did. But then the southern kingdom, Judah, hundreds of years later, they were also judged, and they were taken to Babylon. And Babylon had a a changeover. They were taken over by the Persians, and, and then the Persians ruled them, and then, slowly but surely, some of them came back. And then by jesus' time there was there were a lot of jews living in the uh in the land of of Israel again and then in eighty seventy about forty years after Jesus died, the romans dispersed them again and not until the late eighteen hundreds early nineteen hundreds did they start coming back to their land and then of course in nineteen forty eight they had the the war against six Arab nations, where they established the nation of Israel again, where they are today, still in this in a similar situation as they were then, with people the people of the world hating them and and working against them, but not all. All during that time, there have always been people who took God's word to heart and realized that whoever blesses them will be blessed, and whoever curses them will be cursed, and that all peoples on earth will be blessed through them. And so this morning, as we recognize that, and this is probably going to be going on for a while. Everything that, that, that we've been seeing this week indicates that this isn't going to be just a temporary little skirmish. This this conflict over there is going to be gone for a while. And it's going to continue to impact us in various ways. We've, been, we've already been seeing on the news how different people around our country and around the world, but particularly in our country, how different people have been responding to this. Some supporting Israel and saying they're praying for them. Others calling down curses on Israel and, and, and letting them know how much they hate them. All of that's happening. And so... I wanted us this morning, in the the beginning of this new problem in Israel, not the last problem in Israel, but this new problem in Israel. I, I thought it would be good for us to bless Israel this morning by praying for them. We were instructed in that by the children. First thing, first thing, one of them said, "I can't remember who it was." When I asked him, "How have you been blessed?" My mom prays for me. That's one of the ways that we bless each other, and that is the primary way that we can, can be a blessing today for Israel. But as, as members of the body of Christ, we not only pray for blessing on Israel, we're also going to pray for blessing on all the peoples of that area, including the Muslims of Gaza and Gaza City and the surrounding areas, and and the non-muslim arabs in that area we're going to we're going to pray God's blessing on them as well because even in these terrible times of conflict God still calls people out of all the peoples all the nations of the world to put their trust and their faith in him someone in our in our adult bible study class this morning before the worship service mentioned this they mentioned That God wants us praying for the enemies of Israel, even as we pray for Israel themselves. And then I was thinking, when when that when that was mentioned in our class, I was thinking about the Apostle Paul. Do you remember him? Do you remember what he was doing before he came to Christ? He was on a mission to kill and to make Christians' lives as miserable as he could. And then God did something in his life. And half our New Testament, or at least the letters, are, are his story and, and, his, and his letters, his, his writing, his prophecies, his teaching. The word of God inspired through him. He was killing Christians. He was a, he was a terrible guy. And God raised him up. And so we're going to pray this morning. I've had a, I have a couple of people who are going to come up and lead us in, in different prayers today. And I just encourage all of us as we, as we pray to join with these leaders who will, who will be praying um, over different issues and, and subjects related to what we're watching right now. And to, and to remember, we have been blessed by God's work through Israel. We hold it in our hands, the word of God that came through them. We worship the Savior who died on the cross for us, who came through Israel, and so it is good for us to give thanks to God for His blessings to us through this nation, and to pray His blessing on them as a people. And so we're gonna uh, we're gonna pray. Chris Caldwell, if you could come up and uh, and start us off, I'd appreciate it. And if you would particularly uh, pray for. God to work in the people of Israel right now in drawing them to faith in Christ. Lord, first we come to you and we thank you
1: for your goodness. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you that the promise that you gave to Abraham was extended that instead of a physical people in a physical place, that you extended it to us through your great mercy in Christ, that the law of the Lord is now written on our minds and our hearts. So we humbly, in knowing that, come before you and pray today. We pray for the people of Israel and for all the surrounding countries, all the surrounding areas. Lord, that you would be working in individuals, in lives, but also on a greater scale in people. We pray for the hearts and the minds. We pray for the truth that needs to be said there, needs to be heard. So first, we pray for the people of Israel themselves. We've seen so many reports of how this is being looked at and interpreted and in all these events But we pray that it would be interpreted only through your lens, through the work that you're doing. Show yourselves. Show yourself in this. Reveal yourself to the people there. We pray also for those that are attacking, that their hearts would be softened, that they would see the humanitarian side of this. We pray for all the other peoples that are surrounding, in particular the the citizens, the innocent folks in Gaza City and that area again, that your mercy would be seen Lord we need so need your truth in this world help us to be part of that help us to be part of expressing what you're doing help us to be part of the work of working out your will in all this help us to remember also to continue to pray not just now but as we go forward and we see this develop, Lord, again, we pray for all in this conflict and that you would be revealed in it in your son's name.
0: Amen. Thank you, Chris. And Eric, Bocci, if you'd make your way up, I'd like Eric to pray for the, the workers, the Christian workers in both Israel, in Gaza City, in the West Bank, all these different areas, the Golan Heights, there are Christian workers that are, that are witnessing um, to, to Muslims, Arabs, um, Christ, um, Christians who don't really know Christ, who are in, in name or culture only. So if you'd pray for those who are working even in these harsh conditions, even in Gaza City right now, that they would be fruitful in their ministry.
2: Let's pray. Almighty God, you that is too wonderful for comprehension, too marvelous for words. Lord, we come into your presence, thanking you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done for us through Israel as a nation and as a people. Your name be glorified. Lord, you introduce yourself to Moses in the land of the Midian, that you are the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Lord, through our scripture, and at the end of it, when we last saw you in the book of Revelations, the scriptures tell us that John was weeping because there was no one to open that scroll. And the elder told him that the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed. You still identified yourself as a Jewish person. That is who you are, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for the many promises that you've made in Scripture concerning the Jews. And today, as we look, even at the land of Israel, knowing that on the northern side of Israel, we have Lebanon, we have Syria, on the southern, we have Egypt, and we have Jordan. And on the sides of them, we have the Palestinians, we know that they are surrounded by enemies but we also know that you are god that specializes in doing the impossible and so we thank you that you are watching over israel for each day israel exists is a miracle to us to behold your name be blessed now and forevermore and so as we pray lord we remember that which lord has happened in the last week and we know that there are workers that have sprung forth to help, almighty God. We know that there is no greater help, Lord, than the help that you offer to us. For the Scriptures told us that I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We ask that, Lord, you will help our workers, the workers that are toiling night and day, to help both the Israelis and also helping the Palestinians that are being impacted by this. We pray, Almighty God, that your purposes and your vision and your Lord plans will be achieved through these helpers in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.
0: And Josh Benton, if you'd come, Josh is our one of the leaders of our North American Mission Board with Send Relief. And Josh, I know you know more than I do that there's a tremendous relief effort that's already underway. Uh, would you leave us in prayer for those who are leading that effort and to give them wisdom and get these supplies and everything in the, in the right hands and all those kind of things. Thank you.
3: Let's pray. Lord God, we come before you this morning and we recognize you as a sovereign God and full control of both our lives and and the universe, and that nothing that is going on right now in the depths of our hearts or in any nation is a surprise to you. And we are thankful that we can trust you because we know that. Now, this conflict that is, is going on that we're seeing right now is as old as Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael. And we know from your word that it will not be resolved until you return. We know you're not surprised by this. But I pray that you would work in the midst of it. You would work in our hearts, but you would also work in the hearts of, of the people that are in the midst of the war and the conflict. We pray for those who are a part of the relief efforts that are serving in Israel in Gaza, um, and then the surrounding countries where there will be displaced people that are, are seeking truth. And, and Lord, as we are, await your resolution to all of this, we know that you call us to proclaim your kingdom to the nations. In Matthew 24, it says, you will not return until the kingdom of God has been proclaimed. And I pray in the midst of this, that your truth would be proclaimed as, as people are meeting the practical needs of people that are impacted. I pray that, uh, that your word would be proclaimed and that hearts would be softened and you would draw people to yourself. As we work through Christians who are already there, we pray specifically for Messianic Jews and Palestinian Christians who in the best of times and in peace face opposition and persecution. We pray that as they serve the needs of the community around them, that you would empower them to be a bright light in a very dark time. Thank you for the opportunity you give us uh, to serve you. I pray that we would do it in generous ways and with boldness that would not just meet the physical and practical needs, but would proclaim your truth to those who are experiencing great strife. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Josh. And now, I would just like to encourage you, as those who have been blessed, as the Word of God said we would be, to continue this. As you watch the news, as you hear the stories, as you listen to the reports, as you watch the protests and all the different things, would you continue to be a blessing to this great blessing that God has given us? Would you continue to be a blessing to them by praying for them? As we, as we close our service in prayer this morning, we, we mention all these things about what's going on in Israel right now, because it's important. But the promise that God makes in Genesis chapter 12, when it speaks of all the peoples on earth being blessed through Abram, that primary blessing is having an assurance of our standing, of our relationship with God through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as we close this morning, if you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, then you haven't experienced yet the the full blessing of what God was talking about when he said that all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. And so I would encourage you, before you go any further through this life, wherever you are in your life right now, you're a student, you're a a business person, you're a retiree, whatever the circumstance might be, don't go any further through life without knowing that you are God's child and that you have a great, great future promised to you for all eternity through faith in Jesus Christ. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning that all these miles away from Israel, that we recognize how we've been blessed through that people. And we thank you that today, in the days to come, we can be a blessing to them. And when we say to them, Father, we're speaking of the Israeli government that needs your wisdom in what to do. The leaders of the Palestinians who need wisdom in knowing what to do. The leaders of Hamas who need wisdom in knowing what to do. Father, we pray that you would change any of their minds who are not doing things the way you want them to be done. Father, we pray the same thing for our own government and governments around the world who are making decisions on how they're going to respond to what's going on. And we pray that you would give our leaders in the United States, our our national leaders, our president... Our Congress, give them wisdom as they make decisions concerning what our part, what our response will be. And Father, we pray that during these days, you would bring many people of all different religions, all different backgrounds, as your word says, all the peoples of the earth, that you would bring many of all of these different flavors to faith in your son, the seed of Abraham. That they might be blessed for eternity, but also that they might be a blessing to you, their creator, for all eternity. And Father, for any who are here this morning who have not yet put their trust in Christ, we pray that you would use this time also in their lives to draw them to personal faith in Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.